Oh, yeah, the dog's in the background, too. Lovely. All right. Hi, this is Joey Baird. And Holly Baird. From the WisconsinVegetableGardener.com and the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener Radio Show. You're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. I once caused an injury to one man whilst trying to get a different man to say the word vegetables. Please change. Right, just the word vegetables. Yeah. Do you really like the word vegetables? Um, not as a general rule, no, but I liked it when this man said it. Why? (laughs) What was it about this man, the way he said vegetables, that was funny? Did he have a speech impediment? No, no, he didn't. He was a very intense man, though, and he was also Austrian. I was with a friend once, and he was a colleague of ours, sorry, and I overheard him say vegetables, and we both found it incredibly funny. Um, so, can you just roughly give us a, an impression of how he used to say vegetables? Even just he, said, he said it exactly like this. Yeah. Vegetables! <laughs> and then we happened to be on a coach trip with him, and so we spent the whole coach trip <laughs> trying to get him to say vegetables again. Right, so again. where were you? Where were you going and how did you uh, I was him? on a school trip. I used to be a teacher, so we were... And he, on... was a, he was a teacher? Yeah, he was a teacher. What he, did he teach? He was the head of languages and he was... Head of languages? Yeah. <laughs> the head of languages used to go... Vegetables! <laughs> Vegetables. <laughs> it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm 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 scanning the screen, and I uh, I don't think we're quite. We, uh, we we are not on social media at the moment. We are not on social media. Oh, oh, we just went live. There we are. Just in time to miss the opening bit. Okay, great. Welcome to the <laughs> show. Okay, and uh, we've got a ton of stuff today. Man, we're just jam packed here and uh we're gonna have to get right to it because uh we're it's going to be an interesting uh accomplishment to cram everything into this show and i'm glad you're here this morning it's going to be some really really important and um fun stuff just a little bit of everything but we wanted to start really quickly by a quick recap because we've already gotten a couple of entries in our brand new contest for Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, which is the 62nd Garden Video Challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody can enter anywhere. Um, wherever anywhere. you're hearing the sound of my voice, you can take a 60-second video of your garden 
and post it on our website, which is chicagogardeningawards.org. And don't worry that it says Chicago in the title. Uh, the It's anywhere. That's right. The 60-second challenge is for anybody. We're, we want to see how many. We want to see if we can make our heads explode by getting way too many videos for us to even handle. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and there we go. Uh, so if you have a garden and you're proud of it, you got 60 seconds and don't make it a, don't make it a, a microsecond over 60. We'll have to, uh, zap it. You've got to get it under 60. That's the whole point. No cheating, no minute and three seconds. That's not going to work. Uh, you, you got to follow the rules on this one. That's the one rule we're going to be really insistent. We're going to get the hook. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, give it a shot. Um, and there are some examples if you go to chicagogardeningawards.org, or you can just go to, uh, well, we don't have a, the post is, not, uh, yeah, sh- no, go to my website, mikenovak.net, and then just click on the icon there, the uh, graphic <laughs> that says 60 second garden video challenge, and it'll take you and you can see samples and, uh, we're going to have stuff up very quickly and they'll be on YouTube and then you vote and you give uh, a video a thumbs up. We don't really want you to give it uh videos a thumbs down no 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 yeah no. just uh but I, if you do then uh, you're a jerk okay so. <laughs> <laughs> and and we will and if that's the case we will make you say vegetables okay we'll make you say vegetables uh in fact in the second uh portion of the show today we will be talking about that very thing vegetables exactly uh but to start the show today we're very pleased to have on the zoom line and you can see her um right now it is the woman who's going to help us unplug illinois and i think maybe some other states uh maybe some other areas uh debbie trueblood uh who is the executive director of the illinois park and recreation association and uh, Debbie, I will tell you at the outset, uh, there's no music and no drop-ins from Parks and Rec uh, mm-hmm. on this segment. Um, and the only reason is because I've never actually seen the show. I don't think I've ever no, watched it. I haven't watched, either. And it's supposed to be really good. Do you watch it, Debbie? I have to ask you. I've seen some of the episodes. I haven't seen it all. Okay. Uh, I mean, does it sound like your, your work when, when you watch the, uh, the episodes? You know, a, a lot of people in the park and recreation industry don't love the show because they say it, it it takes the very serious work that they do and pokes fun at it. But you know what? It, it's a comedy. I, I think what, what it does a really great job of is showing people that there are career opportunities in parks and recreation and that the work that people do in this industry is really important. Okay. And that's a great way to uh, to start. It's a good jumping off point because here we are. It, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and, and I say that every week, and folks need to know that because, as you're aware, uh, there are states that uh, are trying to open up, and there are states that are trying to shut down again because um, we didn't do it right. We're not a very bright people as a, as a whole, um, and we we don't seem to understand science, and we don't seem to understand how diseases work, and so we think we can do, you know, because we wish it and we will it really. It'll be really fine. Hard. It'll be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Don't worry. Um, not even going to go into any names in particular. No, no, just but in general, people. 
you know, you know what folks go, you know, oh my God, I've been doing this for three months. I'm like, you know, that's just the start. Okay. Get used to it is what I got to tell you. Uh, So that causes a problem for you, Debbie, because you want people to get out to recreational areas. uh, And fortunately, in a world of COVID-19, it's one of the places that's actually fairly safe, right? You, you, so I imagine you talk about that at your meetings all the time. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I think um, it, in the world of COVID-19, you're, you're absolutely right. As a nation, we are impatient. Um, we are just dying to go back to our normal lives. And, and I think that is what is causing all of the, the behaviors of going to crowded places and, and taking what is now quite risky behavior. Um, yeah. but in terms of personal recreation, you know, COVID-19 has actually sort of um, highlighted the value of Parks and Rec, right? I mean, as all of the different states shut down, the very first thing that people who had been restricted for even a few days, the very first thing they wanted to do was get outside. And then as time went on, and so many of us were dealing with increased levels of stress and anxiety, people who were working remotely and trying to uh, school their children remotely, Uh, so much screen time, so much stress, people who lost their jobs, so much anxiety. Uh, And and again, what what people began to feel in in their bodies was the, the effect of too much screen time. Right. And, and so again, personal too much sitting, right. Too much sitting. And, and so again, personal work became the solution. So people began just uh, venturing outside. Uh, And again, people knew in in their hearts and in their minds that if they could just get off the screen for even a little while, they would feel better. And and so hopefully people will remember that when this pandemic is someday over, um, that in the in the moment that they really uh, needed uh, a little help for their their mind, body and spirit, it it was the great outdoors that gave it to them. And and so I I, I really hope that as we um, venture back out to uh, to unplug and play people remember that there's all sorts of safe ways to still do that right now absolutely and and in that regard uh you guys have put together well this is the second annual you did it last year uh you didn't see this coming in 2019 but it is the second annual unplug illinois day and the idea is get off of this computer get out you know get your head out of the phone i was watching a couple of people my neighbors in the backyard yesterday in the sun sitting, you know, and both of them were like this into their phones. And mm-hmm. I just thought, is that why you're outdoors? Okay. Uh, and they were talking to each other probably too. On their phone. Uh, I don't think they were. I, I got the feeling they were talking <laughs> to almost anybody else. So uh, um, you've got a, a short time, like 30 seconds here, and then we'll break and we'll resume the conversation. What's the point of uh, the unplugged day? So Unplug Illinois Day is is Saturday, July 11th. And again, it's all about reminding people to unplug and get outside and play and recreate and and just um, get off their screens for a few minutes. And and my screen, which is sagging here. Okay, I'm going to have to fix that. You suddenly lost your head there. I did. Sorry about that. Okay. (laughs) That gaffer's tape has suddenly failed on me. Okay, that that is Debbie Trueblood, and we're talking about Unplug Illinois Day, which, as she mentioned, is July 11th. That's a Saturday. Next Saturday, get rid of this device. I'm going to throw mine in the trash. Uh, we will be back with more conversation. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back.
Even during the COVID-19 outbreak, Bartlett Tree Experts are available to help you with your tree care issues. And now Bartlett is offering a new disinfectant application service for outdoor spaces. Because of their existing equipment, resources, and infrastructure, Bartlett has been able to make a quick transition to assist businesses and homeowners through the application of disinfected products. They can be put on walkways, patios or decks, fences, gates, playground equipment, stadium seating, park benches, outdoor furniture and tables, and most other hardscape surfaces. While these disinfectants are EPA registered, you still want to consult with a Bartlett expert who can walk you through any environmental concerns you might have and how often the product will need to be used. Give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call because even in a pandemic, every tree and open space needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're looking for something to literally spice up a meal, look no further than Backyard Patch Herbs. They grow, harvest, dry, and blend their herb mixes. And they're chemical-free. No gluten, no salt, and no preservatives. Dips, dressings, rubs, cooking mixes, soup mixes, herbal teas, and more. Use the code MIKE10 and get 10% off your purchase. Go to BackyardPatch.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Our friends at Eden Place Farms are offering affordable local CSA shares with a twist. You pay for these organically grown boxes of vegetables each week as you receive them. You can skip deliveries without penalty and even get custom orders to eliminate allergens and unwanted items. Best of all, you're supporting a Chicago-based operation whose goal is to provide affordable, high-quality organic produce to the region. Go to EdenPlaceFarms.org or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Hey everyone, this is Peggy, and I'm here to tell you about Natural Awakening Chicago Magazine, your independent go-to resource for everyday wellness. Natural Awakenings is still the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. For more than 10 years, we've been at the leading edge of healthy living, helping you find ideas and trusted resources to lead a more fulfilled and sustainable lifestyle. Each month, we go beyond the trends to take a fresh look at food and nutrition, wellness, personal growth, and green living. Natural Awakenings includes great articles for parents about raising healthy kids, too, as well as ideas for your sustainable home and garden. And if you like good food, you'll love our tasty recipes and meal ideas from plant-based and gluten-free options to healthy versions of classic recipes and even lunches your kids will love. Natural Awakenings is available throughout the city as well as suburban Cook, DuPage, Lake, and McHenry counties, and it's free. Or read it online at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Once I tore around the country on a motorbike Now I like to stretch me legs and go out on a hike On my back I buckle me pack, salute the king of sports Hike around the country in a pair of khaki shorts Oh yeah, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki I'm not playing anything for Parks and Rec, Debbie Trueblood But I am playing that song, (laughs) that goofy song that I found somewhere on the used tubes and uh, so that's the, our introduction into this segment. Um, welcome back to the show. We are talking to uh, Debbie Trueblood, who is the executive director of the Illinois Park and Recreation Association. And it is park singular, right? Not plural? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So see, and you were saying parks and rec, but your own organization is park and recreation. How about that? Um, the company uh, is singular and the industry is plural, just is that way. 
It's weird. Rather okay. British. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does seem uh, quite British. So that's why I had the British guy singing, of course. I, his, I in his, what did he say? In his cocky shorts, not his khaki shorts. Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I won't even go there. All right. And um, uh, you have some partners in your Unplug Illinois Day. Um, and who might those partners be, Debbie? Well, we, we do have several agencies in Illinois who are uh, actively participating in Unplug Illinois Day. So they are uh, hosting events in their communities to get people outside to unplug and play. And, and so, for example, here in Illinois, we've got uh, Northbrook is uh, the Northbrook Park District is doing a family camp out um, in Bolingbrook. There is going to be a family fishing day. Uh, in Bartlett, and I know you've got a sponsor from the Bartlett Tree Experts, the Bartlett Park District is doing a kite flying day. Uh, so there are all sorts of organizations across the state of Illinois who are doing activities through the local uh, park and uh, recreation departments or park districts, forest preserves and conservation districts to celebrate on Plug Illinois Day next uh, Saturday. And as our friends at uh, Bartlett Tree Experts always remind people, no, we're not from Bartlett, Illinois. That's not why we have the name. So uh, it's, it's completely different. Uh, but let's spread this out because that's Illinois. But obviously, if you can do it safely, and that's my caveat uh, when I say this. So if you're in another state listening to this show uh, and you want to get out and you, you, you're, you're sick of looking at your device and, and being cooped up, um, but you want to do it safely, you want to engage with nature and you want to go beyond the bounds of your backyard, which this, that's where I've been, you know, I've been doing, my garden looks the best it ever has. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. Uh, you've got all kinds of things uh, on your site and you can go to MikeNovak.net and see the links there. Um, and there are ways that you can uh, entertain kids, um, enjoy the benefits of meditation. You've got uh, family activities for home. You've got nature crafts, uh, discovering summer constellations going out and looking at the stars which is what i used to do when i was a kid hard that's to a do great that. video that they have up there too uh and it's hard to do that in a big city so yeah. you actually need kind of need to get out to uh, an area that uh, doesn't have so many lights true yeah and and so nationally this is uh july is park and recreation month uh, and so July has been Park and Recreation Month nationally since 1985. Uh, so Unplug Illinois Day is just one piece of it. Uh, but all over the country, people are celebrating this month, getting outside and recreating. And, and so there are lots of ways to do that safely in the pandemic. But you're absolutely right, Mike, that safety first. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're looking for ways to recreate and, and to unplug and to get outside, the, the key thing to remember is avoid those crowded areas. Um, just because something is normally where you would go and enjoy the summer doesn't make it the safest place to be right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you are venturing outside and, and you want to go enjoy the great outdoors right now, consider ways that you can, uh, can do that. Uh, wearing masks with social distancing and avoiding high touch areas and avoiding crowds. So, you know, for example, if you're gathering with people outside your household, going on a bike ride together uh, is safer than playing basketball together unmasked and in each other's uh, mm -hmm. personal 
face, for example. Um, yeah. But going for those bike rides, going out on hikes, um, doing activities with your your kids, uh, they're they're all great. You know, in, in the heat of a Chicago summer, um, a water a water balloon toss, for example, <laughs> is a great activity, right? And and whatever you're doing with your kids, if you're looking to get them to be a little bit more active, uh, especially outside, look for ways to do that that are more fun. Um, you know, if, if you want to have a backyard dance off, do a tournament style, have prizes, right? Make it really fun and interesting. If you're gathering with all the kids in the neighborhood and, and you're trying to keep them safe and distant, look for activities like non-touch hide and seek. Mm-hmm. Um, look for things like a sidewalk chalk art contest, you know, all of these things that people can still do outside together, having fun off their screens, but in a really safe way. And this is, uh, uh, go ahead, Peggy. I was going to say things to add to that. Think back when we were kids and there were some, some of your resources, games that did not require computers. Right. Absolutely. Simon Says is a great safety first pandemic game, right? Um, Simon Says. <laughs> Put and- on your mask. Yeah, you you, yes, and you can do a little hokey pokey together, right? I mean, there's all sorts of things that we all played when we were kids that are absolutely safe to play during the pandemic. You, you can also do things where your, your kids get to teach you an activity this summer. You know, maybe your kids teach you how to uh, skateboard or something like that. You know, there's all sorts of ways to be active as a family. And of course, uh, behind all this is are a couple of really important things, the health of individuals, Mm -hmm. that is bodily health, but also mental health um, to just, we, we really don't even know the effects of being attached to our screens uh, 24 seven. There will be, there are studies being done now uh, and we know a little bit, but you want people healthy in all different ways. Don't you Deb? Absolutely. You know, what what we do know from some of the studies that have been done is that screen time can lead to uh, feelings of increased stress, uh, symptoms of anxiety, depression, even uh, symptoms of PTSD. Um, Too much screen time can add to poor posture, obesity. Uh, There's all sorts of of ways that your your body and mind sort of cry out when you spend too much time on on your screens uh, at home. And, And so physical activity can be a really important way to kind of find that harmony again between your your body, your mind, and your spirit. Um, and, and we know that the vast majority of people, 80% of, of adults, are not getting enough physical activity. We All right. That- uh, we're going to have to leave it at there. It's Unplug Illinois Day. Look for the information on my website. Debbie Trueblood, thank you so much for being with us. Get away from those devices, all right? When we come back, we're going to talk veggies. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Now more than ever, whether you're a farmer or a backyard grower, it's important to protect the life of your soil. The folks at Blazing Star understand that, which is why they distribute Tinyo Biologicals. For 30 years, Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers have benefited both large and small organic growers. Many products are OMRI certified for fields or indoor growing. Go to blazing-star.com and check out their BioGarden line for home gardeners. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. 
Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. The folks at Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery raise more than 100 goats on their Champaign, Illinois farm. The herd is pasture-based, the goat milk is seasonal, and they're animal welfare approved by A Greener World. They offer a wide range of fresh shove, including plain, herbs Provence, cracked peppercorn, and seasonal flavors. Try one of their exquisite bloomies or a goat milk feta. Go to prairiefruits.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Joe's Blues brings Michigan's sweetest naturally grown pesticide-free blueberries to Chicago with 12 CSA drop-off sites in the area or get them at Chicago farmers markets. Joe's Blues also sells zero and low sugar blueberry preserves, pure dried berries, 35% cream ice cream, moisturizing soap, and more. Sign up now for safe social distancing you pick events this year. Go to joesblueberries.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Since 2001, DiveHeart has been revolutionizing rehabilitation using zero gravity and scuba therapy to give confidence, independence, self-esteem, and yes, freedom to children, veterans, and others with disabilities. At DiveHeart, we believe in the power of partnership because together we can do great things. Let DiveHeart help you imagine the possibilities in your life. Go to DiveHeart.org to learn more. This is Mike Novak from the Smart Talk Radio Network. Speaking of being smart, even if some businesses are opening up, COVID-19 is still a very dangerous disease. So if you go out, continue to practice social distancing, and don't be bullied into doing things that you don't think are safe, you'll be protecting yourself and the ones you love. Look at it this way. If you don't like wearing a mask, you'll really hate being on a ventilator. Please be smart. We garden every day, bro. Every day, bro. We garden every day, every day, every day, bro. You know it's Prigioni and the harvest stay diverse. Annuals, perennials, monoculture is a curse. The U.S. is my city, yeah, I know that might sound odd. But T.J. Paul for answers, his geography is flawed. Bouncing round like he's straight out the seed pod. Not too long ago, yo, my yard was just a lawn. Harvest stacking up, future brighter than a photon. Okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That is the uh, gardening wrap. It's, uh, you might be familiar with this Holly and Joey Baird, uh, the gardening channel with James, uh, Prigioni. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got quite a following and he did that, uh, uh, gardening rap. And I found that (laughs) the other day uh, while cruising his site and said, okay, this, this, yeah. You were out in your garden doing the gardening rap then too. Um, what do you, uh. Huh? What, what, while you were out in the yard, you were probably kind of... Nah, nah, not me. Okay. No, right. no, 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 I'm not going to try that stuff. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, folks, and uh, it is that time of year. It's a time of year when I hope you're all growing your uh, your veg... Oh, wait, wait. That means I got I to gotta play this. Oh, vegetables! Oh, vegetables! Um, and uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got another one in here, too, as a matter of fact. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Let's try this. 
I need vegetables. So, uh, uh, and the two people that come to mind when I think of vegetables are Holly and Joey Baird, a.k.a. the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. You guys get a ding. Um, uh, how you doing? How you doing there in, uh, in, 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 we haven't, uh, talked on the radio during any of this, uh, pandemic thing. How's it been going for you? It's been going good. Um, we've got a lot of followers. I don't know if you're seeing that too. A lot of people who are gardening for the very first time, um, are excited, uh, or they have no other option, uh, because they can't do anything else. So they have decided to at least try gardening in some form or fashion. So we're seeing a lot of new people. Uh, what some people would say would be uh, common knowledge questions. But if you're a new gardener, you don't know what the, what the answer is. That's why you ask the question. So we get a lot of uh, what we think are common questions. But we realize that there's a lot of people who do not know uh, what, the, what to do. So we're trying to guide as many people as possible in the correct ways of not making the mistakes that we have made. <laughs> yeah, and you're, and you're right. That's the, you know, it, it goes back to the saying, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Uh, because if you're doing this for the first time, how do you know whether it's a smart question or a dumb question? Yeah, Peg. I was going to say, you've started the whole series there of new gardener. I forget what exactly you called it, but first garden, new gardener. Uh, we had done the series back, I think 2016. And I was thinking, well, we might, and that wasn't even that we decided to do that before the pandemic even happened. We thought that would be a new, a good thing to revisit that series. And it's worked out quite well uh, for us. And uh, one of them happy accidents. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we call you the Wisconsin vegetable gardener and it is singular, even though there's two of you, but it's not just Wisconsin anymore. You've got, you're on um, 17,000 different radio stations from here <laughs> to the planet Jupiter. Uh, tell us about, <laughs> about some of that. We are on, is it, it's 17 different radio stations. 16, right? 16. 16. Oh, it's not 16,000. It's 16. Okay. Uh, and then the, it is all across the U S mostly the, like the upper part of the U S we don't really do much in the South or, or Southwest, but yeah, we have, we're on 16 different radio stations. Well, you know, that's an interesting question. There you are uh, growing vegetables. You understand how to grow vegetables in a climate uh, like Wisconsin in, in that area. Uh, and as you go across the upper tier of the United States, uh, that's all very similar. But once you start going south and southwest, as you say, uh, you got to learn a whole new set of rules for gardening, don't you? Well, the interesting thing about where we're at, we're most of the state of Utah we cover, uh, for example, there's a lot of microclimates in those areas. We're, we grow in zone 5A here in Wisconsin, but there is a lot of 5As throughout uh, the southern parts, uh, the southwest portions of the United States because of all the different valleys and, and areas. So when we do look for stations, uh, we look for something that's relatively similar to our conditions. But also our program, like yours, Mike, we don't sit there and wait for people to call in. We pre we present the information uh, that's applicable for about the time of the year that we're talking about it. Uh, so they just have to make tw maybe tweak the times or dates that they applied in their particular growing zone. But it's relevant information. Well, uh, let's get right to it because people are, are going to want some of that information um, here in the Midwest, it was a cool, wet spring, but suddenly summer has hit and it's hot and it's dry. Um, and I have to tell you, my yard looks great. 
Um, we communicated a little bit the other day. You said it didn't seem to be a lot of pests or diseases right now. That can change in a heartbeat. But um, so are you witnessing the same thing? Yeah, we're seeing the same thing uh, with that warm, wet spring or with that cool, wet spring. And now this hot summer, we're going to have what's called blossom in rot. And Holly, you can explain what that is, because everybody thinks, oh, we just add Epsom salt and that fixes the problem. But that's not (laughs) the answer. Right. So blossom and rot is a lack of access of calcium to your tomato plants. And you typically get this on the first fruiting because, like many of us, we had that wet spring. You plant your tomatoes, and then all of a sudden, you haven't thought about watering, or maybe you haven't watered efficiently. And then you have a week or two where there's not a lot of rain, and that tends to dry the soil out a bit. And so what happens is then you get that first fruiting. Those tomatoes have that blossom end rot. And a lot of times people say, well, take some Epsom salt water in. And that'll fix the problem. The Epsom salt isn't fixing the problem. It's the watering. <laughs> and allowing those plants to have the access to the, the calcium. And that fixes the blossom end rot. Yeah, so one uh, way to avoid that is just to, to water efficiently and continually. Consistently. Yeah, you have yeah. to be consistent about your watering. Right. Yeah, so because how- magnesium sulfate is Epsom salt. Calcium deficiency is not magnesium sulfate. I'm a country boy. I even know that those two don't go together. <laughs> Well, you know, that's a really good point. Uh, uh, and um, uh, Dr. Linda Chalker-Scott um, from uh, um, uh, the uh, Washington State University talks about using Epsom salts all the time and, and because people view it as some kind of miracle cure, but they don't even know why they're using it. As you say, it's magnesium sulfate. And the reason you would put magnesium in your soil is if you have a magnesium deficiency. And as you point out, uh, blossom end right is a calcium issue so they're not related at all so yeah. if somebody told you that's the way to fix it you probably want to re-examine that take the seven dollars and use epsom salt on your yeah. feet when you get done <laughs> when you're done so you feel better so you're saying make sure that we're getting adequate water and consistently so what are your what are your guidelines for how much we should be watering our tomatoes right now Typically, uh, one to two inches of water a week. Now, if you don't have an irrigation system or a drip system hooked on up on a timer, water deep, water heavy one day a week, and then let that soil if on hot days like it's 90 degrees, uh, as we're seeing here in the upper Midwest, maybe every third day water, uh, mm-hmm. a watering can of you know two and a half gallons of water. But just don't slop it down and walk away. Let it soak in. Water it slow. Take extra time because you're defeating the purpose if you just go, well, I threw it on the ground, it'll soak in, the plant will get what it needs. That's not how it works. Uh, and it is different if you've got tomatoes in pots. Um, you might you might have to water more often because uh, it's, it's self-contained and they're going to use that up. And um, do you have a particular, do you grow any of your tomatoes in pots? Uh, we, we do. Yeah, we go have, ahead, Holly. We have a number of tomatoes in containers and we were, I was looking at the forecast this week in a week like this where there's not a lot of rain expected, but it's starting to get really hot out. No matter what you're growing in pots, you may have to water them twice a day, whether that be in the morning and in the evening, but they may need the extra soaking. And, and it's okay to use mulch. Yeah, you can use mulch around your containers. You can use straw. You can use dried grass clippings. You want to make sure that nothing's been sprayed on your, your grass if you're going to use dried grass clippings. 
whether it's sprayed on by you or, or somebody you you hired to do or, um, or yeah or or granulars you don't want to use weed and feed on your lawn and then put your lawn clippings on your vegetables because you're poisoning your vegetables frankly folks if you're doing that exactly so you just want to make sure when you are watering your containers you just water until you see the water run out the bottom a bit and then again you want to check them twice a day especially when we have this high heat and not a lot of rain Okay. Uh, what other uh, uh, tips? Uh, well, what I, actually, what I want to ask you is that one of the times you were on the show recently, you said, try something new all the time in your garden. What are you guys trying that's new this year? Raised, raised beds. beds. Yeah, raised beds. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because when Peggy and I visited you uh, in the Milwaukee suburbs uh, before, you didn't have raised beds. It was pretty much everything was in the ground. So what's that experiment been like? Uh, it's been really well. We have very minimal to no weeds. So it, the investment is quite substantial based on the amount of raised beds you want to put in the garden and the soil that you you bring in, you buy your compost. But the long run, it benefits you that you don't have to spend hours weeding the garden. Uh, we are seeing that the majority of our plants are thriving. There is a couple of issues with peas and beets that are not taking to the new compost as much as we'd like. but for the overall uh, 90, 95% of uh, success rate that we're seeing. And I think that's, you know, we're going to have problems no matter what type of method we do uh, when it's your first year doing it. Um, I, I, we're going to have to break here, but I'm kind of interested in the beet question. I'm growing beets and they're fabulous right now. <laughs> this is the one real success I've had. Uh, I had some things that didn't even germinate at all. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that didn't germinate at all. But the beets were great, and I started them indoors, and I, I took them outside, and now they're fabulous. And so I'm looking to actually do a second crop as we go into the fall. That's Holly and Joey Baird. They are the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. Go to Wisconsin Veg the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. I wish I could get it out. <laughs> .com, right? Okay. Yes. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We will be right back. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're an omnivore, there's an alternative to factory farmed meats. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farms CSA brings you beef, pork, chicken, and eggs, all raised humanely, drug and hormone-free, with respect for the earth and the animals. And since the start of the COVID-19 emergency, they've been doing non-contact pickup at delivery locations throughout the city and suburbs. Go to CedarValleySustainable.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. COVID-19 messed with a lot of things this year, but the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Award still wants to see your garden. SEGA announces the 60-second garden video challenge. Take your cell phone or camera out to your yard and show us in one creative minute why your garden is special. SEGA will post the videos on their YouTube page where viewers can vote for their favorite gardens. And yes, there will be prizes. Go to chicagogardeningawards.com or click the logo at mikenovak.net. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're working on our science every show. Well, the elm leaf beetle uh, and elm flea weevil are the two main ones that, that hit the elm trees, the hybrid elms. Elf leaf beetle. Elm leaf beetle. El elm leaf beetle yeah. and the flea. Uh, elm flea weevil. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Sundays, 9 to 11 a.m., 1590 and 95.9. Chicago's Smart Talk. I saw a guy who was digging in your yard I thought 
to call you You told me he was Your backyard gardener Your backyard gardener He only was right. your gardener yes, so good. The Backyard Gardener song, uh, which another thing I discovered on <laughs> a couple of years ago and and I thought, this is it. This is what I'm going to play. Welcome dangerous back. dangerous when my- you get on the internet, isn't it? What? It's dangerous when you get on it the really internet. It really is. It really is, especially if you let it uh, infect your show. Uh, <laughs> we've got another show on the air with us right now, The Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. And you should go to thewisconsinvegetablegardener.com uh, because you can find videos and, and how-tos and instructions and audios, and just anything you need to know about learning how to garden. Um, And these are the two people, Holly and Joey Baird, who get all that information out. We're so pleased to have you here. And we were talking in the break a little bit about garlic. Uh, What's going on with your garlic right now? Well, we've harvested it. It's now the time to harvest garlic. If you have hardneck garlic, you should have seen a scape or an extension of growth at the top. If you leave that alone, it'll turn into a seed pod. You want to get that off of there. Some more energy is focused on the root system. If you forget and you harvest it with that scape, it's called a scape, and you leave it on there and you bring it inside to dry, that scape will continue to grow and seeds will continue to develop because the energy from the bulb will be utilized for that maturity of the seed. So you still want to cut it off. And um, you want to get go ahead and get that uh, harvested if you haven't got it already harvested. And you'll cure it for about four to six weeks, and you're good to go. You, you can use it, and it'll store about for about six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we really like the garlic. It's very easy to grow. And we always plant it the first Saturday in October each year here in the upper Midwest and harvest it about June. So there are a lot of real estate that is – utilized for about nine months but it's well worth it absolutely i mean <laughs> that you can never put too much garlic in <laughs> a dish that's just a rule of thumb uh now that leads us to canning because a lot of folks are starting to think about that or have started you know in march when they said hmm mm-hmm. if i'm going to be growing my own maybe i need to to do some canning uh um holly are you getting uh, a lot of folks asking about that right now Yeah, there's a lot of people who are new to canning or haven't canned much and now have decided to can more. And I think there's, that's really, that's really great. You definitely want to keep in mind that as you, as you can, you are using the proper equipment. You want to make sure you're using the proper jars. You want to use mason jars and not just like some mayonnaise jar or peanut butter jar or something. You want to use mason jars and you don't have to even necessarily buy those new, you can find them a lot of times at yard sales or um, estate sales, things like that. You might even have a coworker or a friend or family member that has a bunch of jars just sitting in their attic or basement. Mm-hmm. You got to ask. You got to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people over the years collect these things, and who knows? We had some here, but Kathleen um, ordered a whole kit this summer because she's going to start experimenting with that we've never really done any canning here um she's done it in the past i've never touched it why is it you can't use a regular lid on a a canning jar it's because it doesn't create the seal and you want that that seal so that it's shelf stable Mm -hmm. you want it to seal properly so it gets all the air out the excess air out and then it's shelf stable 
All right, what do you like to can? What are your favorites? I think probably my favorite is anything tomato related. So whether that be salsa, pasta sauce, uh, tomato juice, tomato soup, just tomatoes, any of that. You never have enough tomatoes either. Well, no. tomato basil jam too. Oh yeah, tomato basil jam is really good. Ooh. Oh really? Tomato. I want that recipe. Okay. Um, yeah. And what do folks need? Now, the good thing about tomatoes, though, is that they're acidic, so there's a, a measure of safety in there. The, the, the acidity of, the, of the, the plant itself is going to help protect you, won't it? Right, correct. And you also do need to add, because of how plants have changed over time through using less organic practices, even if you do grow organically, those seeds changed over time, so you do want to add acid. So if you're adding, if you're canning something like just tomatoes, typically you're going to add lemon juice. If you're canning uh, pasta sauce, you're adding some vinegar just to help balance out that acidity and to ensure that it's going to be stored correctly. Yeah. And and you can also be, um, if short term in the fridge too, you could be canning, fridge canning for say a salsa that you're going to use in a couple of weeks. Yeah. A lot of people do that, especially when they pickle certain things they don't want to they don't want to make them shelf stable. Like Peggy, you're talking about your garlic scapes. You might do some fridge canning with those. And people will also do like if they have excess strawberries or something, make a quick fridge jam. There's a lot of different refrigerator canning that can be done. All right. So in addition to uh, tomatoes, what else do you can? We can a lot of, we've, we've done a lot of canning with potatoes, but that's a pressure canning. Mm-hmm. You cannot use like a regular water bath canning um, so that you want to make sure that you are whatever you're canning you're following a a safe recipe you're following the direction so that you are canning because canning is a science so you don't want to take any shortcuts you want to follow the directions and websites like the national center for home food preservation has really great information especially if you say okay i have this i have this many tomatoes how can i can them how many jars am i going to need what can I make with them? It has all of that information. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I think canning, you know, growing, thing is, growing things in your yard is one thing. You, you, you're not going to kill yourself by planting a seed if it doesn't come up. <laughs> but, but if you get the canning wrong, um, there might be consequences. So yeah. I, I can see why that's kind of intimidating to people. Right. That's the biggest thing, though, is like don't – you might have this – pasta sauce recipe from your great great grandma who's been passed down for however many years that might not be safe so what you want to do is maybe you want to find something similar and then you would can that and then once you have it canned safely a safe recipe so whether that be from the national center for home food preservation ball canning uh better homes and gardens those are all safe resources mm-hmm. most, right. most uh, of the things that you oh. can find from your library is also safe as long as it's been within the past about 10 to 15 years if you see a, a canning book from the 70s don't yeah, do it they really? changed a, they changed a lot from that yeah i see i had no idea i had no idea mm-hmm. um and of course you have uh resources on your website the wisconsin vegetable gardener.com we got about like uh 30 seconds here uh, uh joey um you very quickly how do you know when to harvest something uh, you, the internet is a phenomenal tool. If you're uncertain about <laughs> something should be harvested, do your research so you can make one move and you can make it right at the right time uh, so you can be successful. 
He's good. He understands a clock on radio. Thank you guys for being with us. The Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener, Holly and Joey Baird, go to their website. Uh, this is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. For folks listening on the network, go green or go home. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And, uh, yes, you're hearing me on my telephone. Peggy, you might want to call the station because uh, you're, you're, that's the way we're going to have to do this for the moment. The uh, computer is down, and this is the way uh, we're gonna, for at least for a couple of minutes until they can get the thing rebooted uh, that we're going to have to do the show. And let me know there in the studio when our guest, uh, calls in. I just had her call in as well. Uh, we're going to be welcoming Nicole Virgil, uh, who is a gardener in suburban Elmhurst, Illinois. And we'll see if we can get uh, Peggy on as well. And uh, we're having, as I mentioned, a little bit of technical difficulty here. So we're just going to keep uh, the show going uh, as best we can. This is not optimum. Uh <laughs> a long stretch, but uh, we'll see if we can get things rebooted, and I'm sure they will let us know. Um, it is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, you can always go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net um, to get information um, about our show. There's a blog post that I always put up uh, right before. So, um, are are you there with me, Peggy, by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination? Have they picked up for you? Okay. Uh, do we have uh, Nicole Virgil? Hello? Is that you there, Peg? This is Nicole. Oh, hi, Nicole. How are you? Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. It's just like a phone call. It's a phone call on the radio. How you doing? <laughs> Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, great. It's, um, and, and I think Peggy Peggy's trying to get through here. We'll we'll have her in a second. Uh, so this is not what I had planned. Uh, we will uh, get through with this uh, anyway. Uh, as I mentioned, Nicole is a a gardener. We've had her on the show before. She has uh, talked to us um, about her battle in the suburbs of. Chicago to get a roof house put up in her backyard. Uh, you started this, what, about five years ago? And um, one of the things you got to understand is the, it's a beautifully constructed hoop house. You put it up. But what what first happened when you uh, constructed your, your hoop house, uh, Nicole? Um, I think there might be a little bit of a delay, so forgive me for that. Um I we put up our hoop house in fall of 2015, and one neighbor complained 
um, vociferously to the city, and the city said it would be okay as long as it was temporary, which we understood because we only want it for the winter to protect the vegetables when it's cold to provide heating through passive solar. So we took it down in the spring. When we went to put it up again in the fall of 2016, uh, the same neighbor complained. And the city then sided with the neighbor, although there was no statutory reason for it um, in the code that they could find. So we asked them to find some reason to make us take it down, at which point they chose to apply the permanent building code to our temporary structure, unlike any other temporary backyard structure in town. So they made us take it down. Uh, we chose not to comply because we felt that the the law did not apply, and the city took us to court. And then uh, what happened in court? Uh, the the judge, not surprisingly, found with the city falsified evidence to make it look that we had covered more of our lot than we had, and uh, we wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make you stop there because you, you you broke up just a little bit. What was this about falsified evidence? The hearing officer, that's another term for judge, who is paid by the city and works with the city, um, he had made up his mind and told us so before our attorney presented our evidence. When the judgment was rendered in writing, that's the you know part of public documents, um, right. he had falsified evidence about how much our hoop house covered on our lot to make it to make the argument that we were exceeding the maximum lot coverage, which we never did. My husband, being an engineer, is meticulous with numbers and had calculated that at the outset. We never exceeded the lot coverage. And it was peculiar to us since they were arguing that we were in violation of the permanent building code, which does not allow permanent buildings to be made out of membranes. Why did the hearing officer feel it necessary to falsify data? That's very peculiar. If they thought we were already legitimately out of code, there would be no need to falsify data. And this information would be easily proven with a plat of survey. So this was, it was a disturbing series of events, but that particularly was concerning, especially when I brought my plat of survey and the arithmetic and the judgment to several city aldermen, and they refused to look at it. Like, there seems to be a, a lot of that going on as you tell your story, um, and, and you've told it over the years. Um, uh, a number of things are going on. One, it's the criteria that the city is using uh, to determine whether your structure is legal seems to be inconsistent with other structures in the city, right? That's that's one of the things. And then the other thing is... Correct. Whenever the city folks lose an argument, from what you've told me, um, they stick their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 I can't hear you. I don't see this. Um, is That's is correct. some of that, so is, is that going on? Yeah, in fact, uh, you just hit on some verbiage that is, has been used by our mayor, who, once this escalated beyond the... Uh, judicial events, we decided, my husband and I decided that we would pursue this at the state level because we feel that all 
all Illinois residents really do have the right to grow food on their own property. And in this growing zone 5A, that's going to require crop protection through the winter. That's just how it is. It's a critical part of trying to get through the winter if you're producing food. And the city did not like that we were working on a state bill, of course, because this would be contrary to their arbitrary whim. And the mayor, the city manager, and aldermen, they brought a whole posse down to the state house to talk to some state legislators. And the mayor actually used language very similar to what you just articulated when I pointed out that there are temporary membrane structures in regular use all over town, some of them on a year-round basis, whatever. The mayor said, well, he doesn't see them. He can't see them, so he can't enforce against them because, to his eyes, they are invisible, which is a joke, right? Like, you've never seen a party tent, you've never seen a cabana, a gazebo, a, a patio shade cover. Like, of course, they're all over the place. It's not, it's not, it's not even remarkable. It's so commonplace. But, yes, yeah. they assert that they can't. So, that's, they can't. that's just, that's plain weird. That's almost like it's out of a, a sitcom. Okay, with with the cranky mayor who just uh, can't uh, see anything and uh, he knows nothing, he hears nothing, he sees nothing. Um, and except um, our backyard, you have. I'm sorry. Except our backyard, which he manages to see quite easily. Right, right. You're at this situation now, Nicole, where. Uh, You've tried everything. You've you've gone the legal route. You you decided maybe I got to go over their heads and go to the General Assembly of Illinois and get a law yep. passed. Where does that stand right now? Well, we were on our second iteration of said legislation this past legislative session, 2020, when the pandemic uh, caused everything to be shut down, including the General Assembly. So. Any bill that was not critical was not addressed because, you know, the General Assembly disbanded and stopped working. We are um, prepared to take it back to the legislation, uh, back to the legislature in January. But in the meantime, because one of the arguments that the Illinois Municipal League and DuPage County Mayors and Managers Group keeps arguing is that this is a local issue. They'd prefer to see it handled locally. So... We've tried to yeah. speak with right. our well, mayor and our alderman. And I'm going to have to hold yeah. you there because we got to take a break. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I hope we have better audio when we come right back. We continue to live in interesting and challenging times. As we've learned over the past few months, something as important as tree care can be made much more difficult by unexpected events like the COVID-19 pandemic. Bartlett Tree Experts understands that and has made safety their number one consideration. But that's not surprising because safety has always been their number one concern and will continue to be their concern as we move into the next phase of this crisis. Something else we've learned over this time is that people love their trees and from a safe distance have been eager to talk to Bartlett Arborist representatives, whether from the safety of their porch or through a window or over the phone. They also know that Bartlett can make outside areas safer from ticks, which are having a banner year thanks to a mild winter. Bottom line, the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts want to say thank you to their customers for loving their trees and understanding that every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com.
Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. The folks at Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery raise more than 100 goats on their Champaign, Illinois farm. The herd is pasture-based, the goat milk is seasonal, and they're animal welfare approved by A Greener World. They offer a wide range of fresh shove, including plain, herbs de Provence, cracked peppercorn, and seasonal flavors. Try one of their exquisite bloomies or a goat milk feta. Go to prairiefruits.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Joe's Blues brings Michigan's sweetest naturally grown pesticide-free blueberries to Chicago with 12 CSA drop-off sites in the area or get them at Chicago farmer's markets. Joe's Blues also sells zero and low-sugar blueberry preserves, pure-dried berries, 35% cream ice cream, moisturizing soap, and more. Sign up now for safe social distancing you-pick events this year. Go to joesblueberries.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know change gon' come. Oh, yes it will. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm on the air here. Peggy, are you there? It's Peggy. We're I, I think we're I'm, live. I believe we're live. I'm so. getting a terrible echo. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Um, we've been, uh, as you know, having technical <laughs> difficulties, uh, and, uh, we're muddling through, uh, and, uh, I want to know, is, uh, Nicole Virgil there on the phone? Nicole, are you with us? I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, so we've I got a small too. victory here. Okay, great. Um, and we're talking about her trials and tribulations, uh, in Elmhurst, Illinois, trying to put a hoop house up. So to recap what we talked about on the phone, just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, she puts up a hoop house, uh, gets told by the city it's, it's in violation of code. Um, there's some shenanigans in a court proceeding. Um, they, a lot of the officials put their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la. We can't tell that anybody else has got anything like this in the city. Uh, so you get upset after five years and you go to uh, the General Assembly in Illinois and say, hey, uh, let's pass a state law that people have a right to garden, and that's the uh, the your website as well, Right to Garden. You can go there and find out more information. In fact, you can find all of this on my website. Go to the blog at mikenovak.net. Um, and uh, and so that's where we left it. And now you're you're getting even more information in because um, you and other people have been sending Freedom of Information Act requests to the city. 
And you actually received one this week that was kind of interesting, wasn't it, uh, Nicole? Yes, I heard from a, a supporter who's very diligent on uh, local government transparency issues and such. He was aware of a membrane structure in town and filed a, a FOIA request for more information about what was going on. Uh, he's very much in support of, of backyard property rights and whatnot. And knowing that this was, according to the city, not permissible, he, he did a FOIA about it and got, a, got some documents back indicating that a permit had been written for this backyard membrane structure in 2014, a full year before we even put our hoop house up. And it's a different, so it's not yours. It was, yeah, right. So it's a, it's, it's a neighboring uh, membrane right. structure, um, not yours. Uh, and you can see it right. when you go take a walk, right, basically? Right. Yep, and it's close to downtown, so it would be very difficult for anyone at the city to say that they can't see it or find it. It's not hidden anywhere. Um, uh -huh. it, it's fully visible from the street, and apparently a permit was written for this. And, and to be clear, I have no problem with this structure, nor any neighbor who wishes to have a structure. Uh, this one is an outdoor room-type thing, you know, where you put furniture and whatnot. Uh, but the problem is the city obviously knew that it was permissible because they permitted it literally. So then for us to come along and they decide to apply the permanent building code to our situation to make it look like our situation is not permissible when that one quite literally is, is very peculiar. So I have filed a subsequent FOIA request to actually see the permit itself so that I can gain a better understanding of, you know, who signed it, what was the language, what's the code used to allow for it, et cetera. So hopefully that will bear fruit. So here but we it's are. Very, with, with, it's very strange. Uh, well, and, and what I'm going to point out is that here we have another structure in the city saying uh, to those other people, hey, we'll work with you. We'll make it happen. Let's see what we can do. And uh, what you get from the city is tear it down. So that's been the, the difference in the responses here, uh, even though they're quite similar, quite similar structures, right? Correct. Absolutely okay. different in style and, and even the, the city's attempts to work with us. So, yeah, and, not and, at all similar processes at all. All right. And let's keep in mind, we're in a pandemic. People want to grow food. Uh, you would think that an enlightened city would say, hey, this is good. Let's encourage people to grow their own. We know things are tough out there. Uh, this is a real good way to do it. It's not a permanent structure. You put it up in October. You take it down in April. Um, and you do your regular gardening uh, without the hoop uh, at that time. Uh, we're also in an yeah. era of, of increased uh, 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 enlightenment, if you will, about social justice. Um, which takes us to, uh, you wrote to the Illinois Lieutenant Governor, uh, Juliana Stratton, the other day, and you kind of, yes, I did. You, and we got to do this quickly, you talked about discrimination, and you, and I've known you for five years now, and, or not quite five years, like three years, and I've never heard you use that word. What led you finally to go down that road? Well, because after we saw that there was a permit written for this other structure, I mean, I, it's very difficult when people use sort of coded language 
But when you actually find, you know, written reference to the fact that the city has permitted such structures for other individuals, aside from the visible evidence that they're all over town, but they only enforce against me, it becomes very difficult to understand what is it that could be different about those cases. It's not the structure. It's not the placement thereof. It's not the utilization thereof, as this other structure has been up year-round since the permit was issued. So it's not any of those things. So then it's got to be something discriminatory. What is it? And that leaves, like, there's a limited number of options left on the table, right? (laughs) Like, whether it ranges from unconscious bias to out-and-out racism, I couldn't, you know, there's many people at the city involved, so I couldn't know the consciousness of all of them, but it seems that there is no one who will stand up and say, this is unequitable, this is not an equal application of the law. At the minimum, we can say there is discriminatory practices. And I I have to leave it at that. I am so sorry for the technical difficulties. This is why I say black gardeners matter, too. We will continue this conversation, (laughs) Nicole Virgil, the next time you're on the show. We will be right back. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're an omnivore, there's an alternative to factory farmed meats. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farms CSA brings you beef, pork, chicken, and eggs, all raised humanely, drug and hormone free, with respect for the earth and the animals. And since the start of the COVID 19 emergency, they've been doing non contact pickup at delivery locations throughout the city and suburbs. Go to cedarvalleysustainable.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're looking for something to literally spice up a meal, look no further than Backyard Patch Herbs. They grow, harvest, dry, and blend their herb mixes. And they're chemical-free. No gluten, no salt, and no preservatives. Dips, dressings, rubs, cooking mixes, soup mixes, herbal teas, and more. Use the code MIKE10 and get 10% off your purchase. Go to BackyardPatch.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Since 2001, DiveHeart has been revolutionizing rehabilitation using zero gravity and scuba therapy to give confidence, independence, self-esteem, and yes, freedom to children, veterans, and others with disabilities. At DiveHeart, we believe in the power of partnership because together we can do great things. Let DiveHeart help you imagine the possibilities in your life. Go to DiveHeart.org to learn more. COVID-19 messed with a lot of things this year, but the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards still wants to see your garden. SEGA announces the 60-second Garden Video Challenge. Take your cell phone or camera out to your yard and show us in one creative minute why your garden is special. SEGA will post the videos on their YouTube page where viewers can vote for the best. Yes, there will be prizes. Go to chicagogardeningawards.com or click the logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, um, and uh, we—I think Peggy's on the phone. Um, we're t- hey, I, I'm here. You're there, good, because uh, now we've we've got a little bit of everything. I'm hoping for a plague of locusts right now to to uh, start <laughs> as well. We'll see, you know, and and if the roof collapses uh, on top of me, I would say good. Let let it go. Um, <laughs> fortunately, however, right, that's a song, isn't it? What what's that? Sorry, that's a song. Let it go. 
Uh, yeah, really, let it go. Um, and uh, speaking of locusts, um, uh, I was out in my yard the other day. <laughs> you like that segue, huh, Doug Terran? You have to. You're going to have to unmute yourself there to be on the air. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Doug Terran to you uninitiated folks. Uh, he is the chief curator at the Chicago Academy of Sciences and director of the Illinois Butterfly Monitoring Network and uh, a frequent guest on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Um, and I was out in my yard and I did not see locusts the other day, but I saw a moth. Um, and at first I thought it was a bee. I thought it was, uh, or a wasp. Uh, and then I went, Oh, wait, 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 that's a, that's a moth. And it looks like a, um, a, uh, a, a sphinx moth, uh, or, or what they sometimes call a hummingbird moth. Uh, I didn't know exactly what it was. I went online trying to ID it. And of course I tagged Doug and he ID'd it in about three seconds. Um, and it was the, um, Nessus Sphinx moth or amphion floridensis is that correct doug that is correct um is that a fairly common insect around here i it is you you see uh, nessus sphinx all the time um i photographed one in my backyard just last week we have them on the grounds of the uh, peggy notabart nature museum all the time uh they're really beautiful little moths and they do kind of mimic wasps with those yellow stripes on the abdomen yes yeah that faked me out at, at first uh, and then I, I, I took a short little video of it. What was amazing about the video is that the, the camera couldn't even handle how fast the wings were going. Um, and so it, it looks almost like there's, the wings are going slowly. You know, it's like when you do uh, uh, the wheel of a car and you do a, a film or video and it, it shows up uh, oddly. So that made me think, well, let's get Doug on. It's the middle of the summer here. We need to talk about uh, what he's seeing out there, especially in terms of butterflies and dragonflies and you mentioned fireflies you wanted to talk a little bit about fireflies because i've been seeing you know it was funny i saw some last night in my yard uh, it was it was armageddon here in my neighborhood i took some videos of the fireworks going off um and the fireflies were trying to compete in my backyard and they were not uh, doing very well in competing against all those fireworks uh but uh, you think it's a good year for fireflies it is uh being a good year for fireflies um uh, I've been hearing from a bunch of people. We have tons of them in my yard at the moment. Uh, at the uh, at the right time of the evening, my whole lawn twinkles, which is kind of cool. And uh, it's mostly the common eastern firefly that we're seeing, although there are a couple of other species around. Now, you see, I wouldn't even know how to identify a firefly. Can you identify them from what, how they flash, or do you actually have to look at the bodies? Uh, you mostly identify them uh, from how they flash. And I don't even have most of them all the way to species. It's a very difficult group to work with. Uh, a lot of the species you differentiate by like taking higher speed video and looking at the real intricate details of the flash patterns, that sort of thing. But uh, some of them are, are um, you can at least bunch them into large groups fairly easily. Okay. Um, and we're told that if you leave your leave the leaves, as they say, in the fall, the leaf litter on the ground in your yard, in your area, wherever, whatever you control, what land you control, you're going to see more fireflies. So do when I see fireflies in my yard, is that because I had leaf litter there or are they going to would they be there anyway? 
Well, it'd probably to a degree be there anyway, but you're probably doing better if you leave the leaf litter in terms of the numbers that you're seeing. Uh, what you're doing by leaving the leaf litter is uh, not disturbing the larvae and also not disturbing the things that the larvae eats. The larvae eats little earthworms and roly-polies and snails and that sort of thing. And you have more of those with leaf litter. We need, we need them to eat more of the jumping worms. Do you think we can make that <laughs> work happen? Are you, by I'll the talk way, to them. Yeah, okay, please. <laughs> want them to eat jumping worms. Um, so uh, it's a good year for fireflies. Do you think that had to do with the cool, wet spring? I do, uh, 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 particularly the wet spring. That's going to um, make conditions very nice for a lot of these things that the uh, firefly larvae eat. And so more of them are going to survive to adulthood and, and uh, lots of flashes. Um, to, uh, on a, on a uh, somber note, are we losing fireflies too uh, as uh, we witness insect decline? I haven't seen anything that specifically says that about fireflies as a group. Now, of course, there are a couple of uh, individual species that aren't doing so well. I'm not really uh, aware of any from here in the Chicago area, but there's a listed firefly species down in Florida, for example. And, and so I, I think that there is some reason to expect that these are going to go along with the rest of the general insect decline. But uh, the common eastern firefly, which is the one that you see most of in your yard at night, still seems to be doing pretty well and has a couple, had a couple of good years in a row. So how has uh, being stuck at home affected your work? You're the guy that needs to get out in the field and, and observe. Uh, what, what kind of work have you been doing? Well, I've been able to continue during, doing my butterfly surveys at Bluff Spring Fen, and, and that's uh, a nice um, uh, quarantine activity because you do it by yourself and, and there, there aren't many other people around you. I'm also uh, doing our breeding program for uh, Baltimore checker spot butterflies, and instead of going into the Nature Museum to do it, I've been doing it on my porch. So I've got, um, uh, at the moment, all kinds of... Um, cages where uh, female checker spots have laid egg masses and I'm waiting for the eggs to hatch. But mm -hmm. uh, we just about a week ago did several releases of adults that we've been rearing up for the last year or so. So it's uh, nice that I am able to do this uh, uh, particular project at home. Uh, it helps when I still had caterpillars. I had a lot of the uh, food plant growing right in my yard. So that, uh, that makes it easier to do that. It sounds cool. And you, and by the way, if you go to my blog uh, at MikeNovak.net, you'll see a photo of the Baltimore checker spot uh, that uh, Doug is raising, uh, one of them, and uh, also of uh, the um, firefly larv larva. Um, it's, they're both really fascinating photos. The firefly larva is a little intense, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they look sort of like little mini dinosaurs almost. <laughs> they're yeah. very heavily uh, armor-plated. Uh, they're, they're very cool-looking bug. Well, for something that turns into such a wonderful adult bug, um, it's a little scary as a, as a, in the larval form. Well, a lot of people aren't crazy about caterpillars, but love butterflies. So, you know, it's a common theme in the insect world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is. You better grow up fast because uh, you might... Uh, end up as bait or something like that. Um, speaking of butterflies, how are the monarchs doing this year? Um, the monarchs uh, seem to be doing okay, but it's, it's actually not a great time of year to be making that assessment because 
they get here at the end of May, and you see a bunch of monarchs and they lay eggs, and then you don't see anything until the very end of June. And we're just starting to see that generation that grew up when, when uh, uh, the guys got here in May and laid eggs. Uh, so we're just starting to see the first of the year's homegrown monarchs, and it's a little early to, uh, to tell how they're doing. Ah, okay. I didn't, didn't realize there would be that pause in there. Uh, but coming out of uh, Mexico, the numbers were a little bit down this year, weren't they? The numbers were down relative to last year. I, the, the numbers uh, jump around so much from year to year. Then this is a natural feature of most insect population levels that um, any particular year over year uh, increase or decline doesn't mean a lot. The increased year over year last year was much larger than the decline was to this most recent year. Mm hmm. All right. So uh, and and this is what I love about having you on the show. You're <laughs> just going with the science here. You'll say, you know, don't pay attention to any spot in time. Um, you have to look at it over a long period. And as we have discussed, we might not even know how those cycles work. They you know, monarchs might have 50 year cycles for all we know. Right. Yeah, and we and you know we've really only been keeping quantitative data for maybe twenty five years, um, and um, so if there is a long period cycle, we haven't been through that yet uh, necessarily. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I th I think it does bear mentioning that uh, particularly for the Mexican numbers, the long term trend is still downward at the moment, and so I'm I'm not trying to say that. Uh, don't worry, be happy, everything is fine. But um, uh, be, uh, be careful about what, uh, how you listen to the information mm -hmm. about the numbers. Don't listen to radio guys that are <laughs> shouting out gloom and doom, okay? Just ignore them. All right, you got less than a minute. What else out there do you want people to know about right now? Um, dragonflies are uh, looking really uh, good at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we are uh, really at the height of that, and you, you uh, will do better watching them if you're near water, but you don't have to be near water. Um, they will uh, forage considerable distance away from where they grew up. So we've got uh, about 100 species of dragonflies and damselflies here in the Chicago area. They're a lot of fun to watch. They are, and you're a lot of fun to have on the show. I told you this would go fast. Mm -hmm. It went very, very fast, but thank you so much for your time and a very quick check on our flying insects. Uh, that's Dr. Doug Terran from uh, the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum, and uh, we'll have you back as soon as we can, Doug. Great. Thanks so much. It's been fun. All Thanks, right. Doug. Rick DeMaio Weather coming up next. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Our friends at Eden Place Farms are offering affordable local CSA shares with a twist. You pay for these organically grown boxes of vegetables each week as you receive them. You can skip deliveries without penalty and even get custom orders to eliminate allergens and unwanted items. Best of all, you're supporting a Chicago-based operation whose goal is to provide affordable, high-quality organic produce to the region. Go to EdenPlaceFarms.org or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. 
Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000 acre farm, it's all about the soil biology. The folks at Blazing Star get it, which is why they work with industry leader Tinyo Biologicals. Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Take it from the people who transformed a depleted former cornfield into a vibrant native landscape. Go to blazing-star.com. And while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm, it appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. You would not believe your eyes if 10 million fireflies Oh, that was I was hoping to get the one uh, the 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 last one because I had I tell you what if uh, Nancy uh, you can fade that out um, and if uh, if you can find the last one because we got out of sequence here and since Rick isn't here with us at the moment I want you to play that the the final uh, yeah we gotta clip. have that one that's the one I wanted to play in honor of the holiday. Be kind to your Thank you. Quack. Quack. Um, I had to play that in honor. That's as close as I'm going to get to honoring this holiday this year. That's it. That's Mitch Miller, right? Yeah, that was Mitch Miller. So we there's needed a little a, ball bouncing up and down. There's actually a version uh, that uh, first came out in like 1954 was the first time that got recorded. And it's mm-hmm. it's odd to, to hear it. Uh, but this is the Mitch Miller version. And I remember that because they played it. Didn't they play it every uh, week at the end of the show? I don't know. But don't I remember, remember. But I know the song. I know my uh, my parents were watching. Oh, they were big Mitch Miller fans. Yeah. Um, and so I got oh. stuck to that, too. And Rick says, try calling him now, please, Nancy. All right. So we just got the word from meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Um, at any rate, thank you, Nancy, for uh, reacting quickly and play- playing that song. Um, if you are in, I was just looking at some of the maps that um, Rick sent us, and there's uh, uh, going to be some warm weather coming our way. Oh, and yeah. The, and the percentage of the, it's interesting because uh, the percentage of precipitation thermal for our yeah. area, uh, although yeah. the top, top part of the country looks about normal. Uh, Michigan looks like it's going to get a little more than normal precip, uh, but the center of the country, including um, states like uh, um, 
Colorado and Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, less rain mm -hmm. than normal uh, as we go through it because we're, we suddenly went from cool, wet to warm, dry. And that uh, we talked about to hot, dry. Uh, yeah, we'll be going into hot, dry. Uh, and we will uh, discuss that with Rick as soon as he gets here. Uh, yeah. but, but as Joey Baird mentioned, I'm here. I'm oh, here. there he is. As Joey Baird mentioned, Rick's here. That's right. As Joey yeah. Baird mentioned, uh, people have to start figuring out now how to water their crops and uh, or meaning <laughs> their backyard vegetables uh, uh, because uh, it, uh, it has suddenly gotten warm and dry. Boy, they, things can change on a dime, can't they, Rick? Yeah, and sorry about that. I'm at, I'm actually out riding my bike right now, and I had my phone on. And all of a sudden, I looked down. I'm like, "Wow!" My phone says no service. So I had to quickly I had to quickly drive to a spot where I got some service. But uh, I'm actually up on the North Shore in a place called Elders Lane Park, uh, looking over Lake Michigan, which hmm. um, is not only near record levels, but also has warmed up quite a bit as well. So one of the um, kind of one of the results of this. Uh, warm and dry pattern, Mike and Peg, is the fact that the lakes have warmed up quite a bit. But it's also more to the fact that we've evaporated a lot of top moisture. You know, that, those top two or three inches of water can come out of the ground pretty quickly when you have abundant sunshine, which is what we've had. Uh, and temperatures really not, you know, extreme heat. I mean, we've been going into like 90, 91, 89, a couple of days here. Um, the extreme heat, I think, as Peg was alluding to, and I wouldn't even say extreme, but moderately high will definitely come here by the middle of the week. But, yeah, when all of a sudden you go five or six days without any rain, uh, the potted plants definitely need a lot of water. The grass will be fine. Don't worry yeah. about overwatering grass. There's a lot of subsoil moisture. The grass is also very, very healthy. And, really, any perennials I think will be fine as long as you planted them the right way and not in the top two inches of soil, but down about three or four inches. But you're right, Mike. We, we yeah. went from... I wouldn't say cool and wet in the month of June. It was actually warm and wet, uh, but we've definitely gone rain-free around here, and that'll continue for the next five, uh, five to seven days at least. Yeah, we have a, a note from Skeet from Bartlett Tree Experts as well to please be sure to water trees. If you, if you, plant, if you have a new tree, especially, that's... Oh, a new tree, that's, yeah, a new tree. Yeah, if you have a... Uh, you yeah, otherwise, that's, that's, otherwise, that's a lot of trees to water, isn't it? Um, well, it depends how many you have on your property, but, uh, he's right. If, <laughs> that was if a you, joke. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, missed it. Uh, if, if you put something in, uh, as Joey Baird talked about earlier in the show, um, you right, can get caught right. off guard, um, uh, and, and forget that oh, yeah. this tree needs, uh, some water. So you have to pay attention. Yeah. And you know what? You look back at like what happened in 2012, I always like to, you know, compare, you know, current weather situations to historical ones. You know, 2012, we were dry in the month of March, wet in April, but then dry in May, dry in June. And as soon as we got into that high heat uh, in the month of July, that's when things really cooked. Uh, I mean, just looking at the records for July 4th, you know, 102 degrees. We had an overnight low of 79. Today, the record is 103, set back in 2012. And literally... By the first week of July, every farmer in the state of Illinois was basically plowing under their, their crops. I mean, there was just nothing left. Remember, we went into the year, into the growing season, with really, really great moisture content. And I was just looking at the Illinois crop report 
that was issued on Monday. And 68% of the corn in the state of Illinois is ranked as favorable. Um, and I would not be surprised if we have a bumper crop this year. Just driving through parts of Illinois and Indiana and Ohio, when I came back from the East Coast last week, the corn looks fantastic. You head up into Wisconsin, the corn and soybeans look great. So even though this is going to be, you know, the next five to seven days fairly dry, um, obviously your backyard gardeners would be concerned. But otherwise, I think from an agricultural standpoint, there's not going to be much of an impact on that with this type of weather pattern right now. Yeah, the weather's actually been uh, pretty decent, uh, mm -hmm. as you say. Not too hot. The humidity has been fairly low, so that's been uh, really good too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, and, uh, and that and that and that'll and that'll definitely come up a little bit. But real quickly, Mike, it's it's really interesting. Miami, Florida, just set a record for their hottest week ever. And remember, last week we were talking about the Saharan air layer. That layer of dust actually suppressed thunderstorm development. They went seven days without a thunderstorm and tied their all-time record high both at Key West and in Miami. And because of that, they had their highest temperature ever for a seven-day period. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not trends like that become something more common in the future, obviously relating to climate change. Right now, it's short-term, but we'll see how that plays out. Okay, well, get, give us a forecast here. Okay, uh, near 90 today, near 90 tomorrow, lower 90s for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we finally cool down next Saturday. But during that stretch, no rain. In fact, over the next three weeks, an inch of rain or less expected across northern Illinois. Wow. Okay. Keep an eye on those plants. Thanks, Rick. Enjoy your bike ride. Take care, guys. Thanks, All Rick. I right. uh, want to thank everybody on the show today, Nicole Virgil and Joey and Holly Baird and Debbie Trueblood and... Doug Terran, uh, Rick DeMaio. Thanks, Nancy, for getting us through this. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, so did I. didn't miss much.